0: Well, I feel like I have an appropriate word for us this morning. I really felt like the Lord wanted me to give us, put some tools in our pocket this morning to help us overcome fear, anxiety, and worry. And uh, we've had, you know, have some interesting things going on nationally, worldwide, actually, with the coronavirus, and I know the market took a dive this week, and so lots of opportunity for fear, anxiety, and worry just in what's going on in the world today. Um, but we also then deal with the uh, opportunities that come our way just from doing life. Um, you know, and some of the fear that we deal with is, is rational. You know, if there were a snake, were to crawl across the front of this sanctuary, I would experience some rational fear. Uh you may not think snakes are fear worthy, I do. Um, but there are some things, you know, that, that God gave us a fight flight, and there are some fears that are rational and and necessary. Uh, but there are other fears that are irrational. They're not rational, and that's those are the fears that I want to talk about this morning, the personal things we deal with um, that just kind of over time, these fe- thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety just keep gnawing at us, and they keep us up at night, and uh, we're losing our health because of these things, and I want to address... How, what we have in God to deal with fear and worry and anxiety. And I personally have had a lot of opportunity in my life. Um, this is definitely an area of life where I struggle. And, uh, I think my most recent, um, major struggle was last fall. Bill and I had it on our calendar to go to Austria to do some ministry. And it had been on our calendar for over a year, and there were, we had a full itinerary scheduled, we were ministering in several churches there, and probably about six months before we were to go on that trip, we get a phone call from our son who lives in Thailand, and he lets us know he's pregnant with our first grandchild. So we thought, oh, praise God, we're going to go to Thailand, meet our first grandson, so we... Uh, decided to schedule a trip to Thailand in December. I figured I've got two months in between, I'll be good. And then, shortly after we scheduled that trip, my daughter calls and she's pregnant with our second grandchild in December. And so, uh, some of you know, I, I have, when, when I hit uh, 50, I ended up with some health issues. And so um, I, I'm still pressing through some of those health issues. So international travel for me is a little, eh, um, but I just choose to do it and trust the Lord. And, but I, about a week before we left for Austria, I laid down to go to sleep, and I had this thought. I cannot do this. I mean, go to Austria then, you know, cross 12 time zones, 24 hour flight, and three weeks later come home and help my daughter deliver her baby. I can't do this. And so, uh, that is, is a, and I, I woke up that next morning and I said to my husband, I said, I'm not going. I can't do this. I'm not going. And so, I want to share with you how to deal with those irrational fears. I think every single one of us in here—we all have it in common. Now, your my fears may not seem so irrational. I mean, you might think, "Well, that's what's what's the big deal about that?" And so, but my fears are are real to me, just like your fears are real to you. And so, I want to deal with today. How do we deal with these irrational fears that tend to come our way just from doing life? And so I want to go ahead and uh we're gonna take a look at just a couple verses in Genesis 3. This is the first place that fear is mentioned in the scripture, the first experience of fear. And it it ha- it the it, when you get into the third chapter of Genesis, we've already experienced the fall and Uh, Adam and Eve are now uh, hearing the Lord coming to visit them in the garden. And so in verse 8 of chapter 3, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And this is the first mention of fear in the scripture. And when you look at at Adam and Eve in the garden and in their original creation, they were created body, soul, and spirit. And through Adam and Eve's spirit, God communicated with them. And so they lived in such a way that they saw their world from God's perspective. They understood their world from God's perspective. They understood themselves from God's perspective. And they just had this ongoing communication with God. And he was feeding them understanding and knowledge and wisdom and so they had this this flow and their world uh, had a, they had a, a beautiful world and a beautiful perspective of their world and so after the fall a veil falls between adam's spirit and his soul and so all of a sudden this communication that adam was experiencing being able to view his world from God's perspective, all of a sudden that communication is cut off and now Adam is left to himself to figure out life. Left to himself. So he was left to his own knowledge, his own understanding. And so he viewed his world no longer from God's perspective, but only through the knowledge and the information that he could gather himself. So he's now left to himself to figure out life. And so his response to that condition was fear. He said, I'm afraid. And so we see the first entrance of fear. And so when we talk about fear, I have a real simple definition of fear. Fear is reality without God's perspective. That's what fear is. It's it's reality without God's perspective. And that reality, with it, looking at my life without God's perspective, is accompanied by this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. You know, something's wrong, and I'm in trouble, and there's something threatening about this circumstance, this situation, and I'm in trouble. And so their response to that fear was that they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings and they hid themselves. So when we talk about fear and in a response to fear, we have the same two responses to fear. We're either going to hide ourselves or we're going to try to fix the problem ourselves. And so when when I'm dealing with this fear about this season of travel... My initial response was to say to Bill, I woke up one morning and said, I'm not going. I'm hiding out here. I'm going to hide out. I'm not going on that trip. I withdrew. I'm pulling back. Forget it. I'm not doing this. He kind of talked me down off of that ledge and I said, okay, I'll go ahead and go, but I'm going to Marshall's and I'm buying the biggest suitcase I can find and I'm putting food in it. Because my health issues center around food. And I knew I was going to get struck, stuck eating Wiener Schnitzel for two weeks. So I'm going to pack a suitcase. I'm going to take care of this problem myself. I'm fixing this on my own. Bless God, I'm carting this big suitcase. Amen? Two responses to fear. We're either going to pull back, hide out, and withdraw... Or I'm going to try to use my own resources to fix the problem. Amen? And I am, I'm, I'm, I am so thankful that the Lord didn't leave us in that condition. Where all I have is myself. And I love this passage of scripture in Romans 5, 6. To me, it's one of the most powerful verses in Romans. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for us. And you know what makes us helpless? Is that we're left to ourselves. I'm left to my own perspective, my own knowledge, my own reasoning, my own resources. I'm left to myself, and I'm so grateful that Christ did not leave me helpless. So when we we talk about what Christ has done for us, when we look in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is a familiar passage of scripture to everyone, it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. And it says, behold, new things have come. So if if what are the old things that have passed away? So if Christ hasn't left me helpless, but in his in his in his crucifixion and his resurrection, he's given me some new things. What are the old things that have passed away and what are the new things that he's given me? Well, there are several things that we could say, but I want to focus in on two. Number 1, the 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 What made me, what made me, what, what's old that's passed away and what made me helpless is that I was powerless to confront sin, the sin nature. I was powerless to confront fear. I had no power. So my new creature, my new man, what's new is that I am now empowered With the Holy Spirit. And I now have the ability to confront sin. The sin nature and the devil. I am no longer powerless. The other thing that happened was that the veil between my spirit and my soul is removed. And I am no longer left to just my own reasoning, knowledge, an ability to understand the circumstances and the situation of my life. I now have access to God and to his perspective and to his wisdom, his information, his reasoning, and his logic. So I'm no longer helpless. And if you don't hear me say anything today, hear me say this. You have the ability in God to challenge fear. You are not helpless against fear. And I think, you know, fear, We let's use the word anxiety because it seems to be a acceptable word today. It's like we don't have fears, we have anxiety. Well, they're the same thing. Fear and anxiety worry. You have the ability to confront your worries, your anxieties, and your fear in Christ. Amen? So I have the indwelling spirit in the new man, empowering me to challenge the sin nature, to challenge fear. And I can now understand God's perspective. So I've made the decision to go to Austria. And I rose up in the power of the Spirit. And I have this little word that I keep handy and I use regularly. And it's a two-letter word. And it has changed my world. And it is the word no. No. So when fear comes... I say this, no. I challenge it back. I say, no. So when I get a phone call from my son, and he's having a hard time finding a job, and I'm standing there cooking that evening over the stove, and I get this picture in my mind of his life, and I see him in the poorhouse. That is a picture apart from God's intervention in his life. And it is a picture that is rooted in fear. And so I'm standing there over my stove and I said, no, no, that is not his destiny. I refuse to give myself over to fear, but I choose to... Factor God and see God's wisdom, power, and ability working on his behalf. We have the ability to challenge fear. You know, this week, I think my husband told us we lost 10% of our retirement that's in the market. Well, I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I see myself living in our kid's spare bedroom when we get old. And you know what I said? I said, no. God's got more for us than that. He is our provider. I can challenge fear. And I choose to see my latter years with God in the picture. I choose to see my latter years from his perspective. Because I now have access to his knowledge His perspective and his wisdom, his logic and his reasoning. And I think, man, I know if I make this decision, there's going to be people who aren't going to like it. And so the fear in me of being rejected, if I make this decision and I see myself losing friends and being lonely and what rises up on the inside of me is no, I can obey God and I can trust the Lord that if I make this decision out of obedience to God, that he is going to work in the hearts of those people, they're going to understand. Amen. I have this great job opportunity that comes up. Now, I already have a great job, so this is this is not true for me. I love my job. Um, I have... Uh, you may somebody may have a great job opportunity come up and you feel about 60% qualified to do the job there's 40% of you that's terrified and so you picture yourself taking the job and that 40% where you know you lack the skill or the knowledge to 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 take that job You picture yourself just, oh, you're going to fail. You're going to blow it. Everybody's going to know how stupid you really are. Instead, we choose God's perspective, and we see ourselves able to learn new things. And we see ourselves flowing in the wisdom of God. Amen? So we, we, we have the ability to challenge fear. Fear is looking at my situation or myself, and God is not in the picture I see. Faith is looking at my situation or myself with God in my picture. And I'm reminded of a, a, a story that's found in Mark 5, and it's the story of Jairus. And I know many of you know the story where he comes to Jesus because his daughter is really sick. And so Jesus agrees to go with him to, to pray for his daughter. And I think the picture Jairus had in his mind, okay, I've got Jesus in the picture now. My daughter's going to be okay. So along the way, the woman with the issue of blood comes and, and disrupts the, the journey to his daughter And he navigates through that. And then somebody comes from his home and tells him, Don't bother the master, your daughter is dead. And so here is Jairus with this new piece of information. And Jesus says to him, Do not fear, only believe. And so he was saying to Jairus with this new piece of information, Don't take me out of the picture. Don't fear. Don't see your circumstance without me in it. Don't pull me out of your circumstance and rely on your own resources. But see me, keep seeing me, keep seeing me. Stay in faith. Keep seeing me in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your situation. Don't pull me out of the picture. So, so we have the ability to now challenge fear. I am not a victim to the fears of this life. I have the ability to challenge them. And one of the things, uh, well, I'm going to say this later. Um, I also just want to mention this, that there are some practical things. You know, because we are spirit, soul, and body, uh, we need to to deal with things, I think, on all three levels. And there are some practical things. I know that, that because this is an issue for me, I guard what I let in to my mind. Um, there are certain, I guard what I see and hear. There are certain movies I can't watch because I can't get, the images disturb me. And I'm guarded with, with what I watch on television and especially some of the new programs that are like on Netflix and Amazon. And whew, um, I can't imagine the fear it would release into our culture, some of the things that are, are being shown. And then some of the podcasts, I know I was talking to my daughter. I think it was, it, this was the one she was listening to this podcast called Serial about these serial killers, and I thought, good Lord. Um, so so I guard. I have to guard my mind. I have to guard what I put in my mind. I also monitor my activity level. Um, I think we live in such a busy, crazy, hustle world. And we, I think when we, we live, hustle and and busy all the time, um, it's not good for our physical bodies, and we don't give our bodies and our minds opportunity to rest. And I think we get, to get good sleep is important. To exercise, sunlight, eat well. And the other thing I think that is practically helpful is to share your fears with someone that you trust. That it it, it helps to see how irrational they are. So when i was dealing with this fear about about hitting this season of travel last fall i shared my fears with my husband uh and it once you say them out of your mouth it's amazing how stupid they really they really they are i mean it's just like it's like it's like the reality of that you know really am i really afraid of that you know and so doing that really helps. It helps to to get things in perspective. And um, the other thing that I want to share that is is very practical, and I know we hear these things all the time, but these things are so real to me. When I was made the decision, bless God, I'm not going to hide and I'm not going to try to fix the problem. I'm going to put God in the middle of my trip to Austria and trust him to provide what I need. I made the decision to go, but I I just, the, some of the powerful tools that we have are the word of God and worship. And so on the airplane, all the way over, I I was reading through Ephesians, um, Philippians, Colossians, and Galatians all the way over, just reminding myself of who I was. I laid in bed at night, falling asleep to worship music and, I kept myself reminded of the truth and God's perspective. And so we all have opportunity to, you know, every, everyday life happens to all of us. I mean, things happen. And so, you know, to remember you have access to God's perspective. It's in his word. It's in his presence. So when you are imagining things, picturing things, seeing things, that you're you're the outcome of this situation, and and you know it, it's not good, and you say no to it, then you replace it with what God says, and we do that just through meditating in His Word, through worship, and it is a it's a the I think. We we Oh, yeah, yeah, I need to read my Bible. Um, but, yeah, we need to read our Bibles. <laughs> it's how I get God's perspective. Amen. I need to spend time in his presence. And to me, it's not a duty or a law. But, you know, I'm it, it, not earning or, or purchasing anything from God. It doesn't make him like me more. Right. You know, I've shared this before. You know, well, if I read 3 chapters today, it'll make God happy. Oh, really? See, I think God's already happy. <laughs> and and, you know, is so if I you read 3 chapters to make God happy, if I read 5 chapters, is he really happy with me? So I don't do those things to earn anything from the Lord. But I do those things to position myself, to encounter him, to be empowered through that encounter, to keep my mind renewed to his perspective. So it's like it's like if you're if you're living up north, you know, which they're all dealing with snow and they had a really tough winter, and you're walking around outside, and it's really cold, and you come in and there's this fire across the cabin and oh you think man if I could just feel that fire I know I would get warm and it's like we go through life oh I wish I had peace I wish I could experience peace you know my life is just so crazy chaotic and so full of fear and I wish I could experience peace well you can just move across the room and get closer to the fire see that's what happens when I when I I monitor my what I watch on TV, I monitor uh, you know spending time with the Lord. I do those things not to earn, but I do those things to position myself to live empowered, to live courageous, to live willing, to keep taking risks, and not be overcome and overwhelmed by fear where I 'm hiding and withdrawing. And I've become my own deliverer with the limitations of my own resources. Amen? Amen. So we are empowered. We're empowered to say no. Amen? So, so we, we have this new cre- creation, this new creature. We have this new man on the inside of us that has empowered us to say no to fear. That I can challenge fear in my life and I'm no longer a victim to it. There's some practical things that we can do to deal with our fears. Um, but I also want to talk about one more thing. And in Jude, this little phrase that says, "Keep yourself in the love of God." And it says in the scripture, in First John 4:18, "There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear." For fear has to do with punishment or that feeling that, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. And whoever fears is not perfected in love. I love the word perfect and perfected in this passage of scripture. It's the same Greek word. And it says, there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And that word for perfect there is this picture of something being complete. Meaning it has ripened and it is mature. And a good visual picture is a picture of a glass and the glass is full. There's no more room. It's full. It's complete. It's reached the ultimate of what it can hold. That is God's love. It's perfect. It is mature. It is complete. It is full. He cannot add anything to it. That love of God is what casts out our fear. And it says that when I am struggling with fear, whoever fears is not perfected in love. And so when I am struggling with fear, what that means is there's more room in my glass for the love of God. That there's more room in my understanding. I need to enlarge my capacity to know and to understand the love of God. The scripture admonishes me to keep myself in the love of God. To keep my awareness of God's heart and his emotion for me. To keep myself with, with a, a consciousness of how God feels about me. And one of the other things that happened for us one of the other old things that got done away with is that I was living under condemnation. I was living under this feeling and this, this uh, feeling of guilt and condemnation. But the new thing, the new man, what's happened in my new man is that I can now experience God's emotion for me. And you know what? He likes me. He enjoys me, and he even enjoys me when I'm immature. See, you don't cut your kids off because they're acting like a two-year-old when they're two. And so every season of my life on this earth, every stage of development, even when I'm, I'm struggling and I'm trying to grow up in an area God still enjoys me. To live with an awareness that God enjoys me. We sang about it this morning. He is for me. He is with me. He is there. He is, He is, He has got these thoughts about me that are so numerous and so wonderful. If I could comprehend them, they would change my life. The love of God. So I, 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 when I struggle with fear, I pull myself back into the love of God. Amen. Amen. And I say, okay, God, feel me again. Show me again. Perfect, mature, grow up my understanding of your love for me. And I, I love this um, this idea of that Philip, Philip said in John 14.8 this is when Jesus was trying to get it through to the disciples that he's getting ready to be crucified he's getting ready to leave them and, and he's saying I'm, I'm going away but you know the way and they say no we don't know the way and Jesus says I am the way I am the truth I am the life and then Philip says to, to Jesus Lord Show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And I love this passage in Romans 8, 15. It uses the term Abba. Abba, Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us, the heart of the Father. That, That heart drives fear out of my life. And I love that term. It's a picture of a child safely in the arms of his father. It's a term of endearment. and it makes me think about, you know in human development, um, one of the very first things that a child learns is the whole concept of bonding. And I think that that i I don't know how many years, but at least till they're two, and then we hit the terrible twos, right? There's this, this bonding that happens between the child and their parent. And the parent gives that child this sense of safety. And gives this child this sense of security. So that when they reach a certain age, they move out from that and begin to discover their world. They begin to do things a little independently. And so from this place of bonding... They have the security... And feel safe enough to launch out and begin to explore their world. And that's really what that term Abba means. It means in my connection with the Father, I find my security and my safety. I find my identity. And from that place, I am now free to courageously and boldly begin to move out into the world and to explore the reason for which I was created. I think how many times have I in fear said no to things that God was trying to lead me into because I was afraid. I can't go through. If I go through that door, you know, everybody's going to discover how stupid I really am or or I, I don't have what it takes. I can't do that. When God is clearly opening a door for us and we pull back and we hide. We're not good enough. The love of God, that place where I bond with my heavenly father, where I draw my identity and my security and my sense of safety and from there begin to go out and to explore my world. Keep ourselves in the love of God. I love this passage of scripture in Psalm 34. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fear. And see, I don't think that verse is saying I'm going to deliver you from all your fear at once. What I think that verse is saying is that there is no fear I cannot overcome. Amen. There is no fear in my life I cannot challenge. There is no picture or, or perspective that I have of the outcome that I cannot confront in the new creation, that I cannot deal with, that I'm not empowered to deal with and overcome. I can find God's perspective. I can see God in the pictures that I see of my children as they move out in life. I can see God in the picture of my life as I age. I can see God in the picture of my life of my profession as I grow in my, in my job, I can see God in all those things instead of fear. Amen. 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 I think sometimes too, that we see fear as kind of a chick thing. And although statistics will show that women have more problems with anxiety than men, But so I asked some men what were some of the things that they feared or that they were challenged with in their lives. And, um, they shared things, most of them centered around career advancement, the development of their jobs, their businesses, career advancement. Um, they centered around things about provision for their families. Will I be a good father? Um, one of the young young millennials that I talked to talked about anxiety over being masculine enough. You know, what does it mean to be a man? Am I am I a, enough of a man? Um, and I even had one one person share about their fear over the power of their sex drive that it felt overwhelming at times and didn't know if they had the ability to, you know, to stay pure. And, you know, we fear our weaknesses. We're so afraid of our weaknesses. And we hide them. And, and instead of opening those things up to the Lord and letting him come in and, and touch those things and help us with them. So I really just feel like the Lord wants to do some things in our hearts this morning to set us free from fear. I really believe that in the days, of head, days ahead, that we need to be full of courage, and we, as born again Christians, spirit filled, full of the Holy Spirit, living with a new creation, that my response to what happens in the world, and my response that what to happens in my life is to be an example of what it's like to serve God. That I don't, I don't, I don't have to. I, I have an answer to fear. I can, I can challenge it back. And I can not only challenge it back, but I have a whole different perspective that I can live in. I am no longer left to myself or my own resources to deal with the issues of my life. Amen? So if you are here today and you have some irrational fears pushing you around that are keeping you up at night, that at times you have you, you struggle to focus your thoughts and to, to be able to give your attention to things, if you have fears that are causing you to procrastinate from making decisions, fears keeping you from obeying God, you feel like your feet have been taken out from under you and you can't get them back under you, See, I don't know about you, but life sometimes takes my feet out from under me. Most days I live pretty confident. I I live with just an awareness of God's heart towards me. But man, there are things that happen and my feet come out from under me. I begin to question who I am. I begin to question God's call on my life. I begin to question his faithfulness feet get taken out from under me and, and give me a little bit of time and I'll get them back under me. But sometimes there are things that happen in our lives and they take our feet out from under us and we're losing sleep over those things and our bodies are getting sick. And sometimes we need the body of Christ to help us to get our, help us get our feet back under us. There have been times in my life I've needed the body to help me get my feet back under me. So today, if that's you, if you're struggling in an area of your life with a fear, with an anxiety, I just want to encourage you to come this morning and get some prayer. If you're here this morning and your capacity to understand how much God loves you needs to be expanded. If you question God's heart for you and you struggle to trust him. See, we trust because we know him. And if you struggle to trust him, is there something you're missing in your understanding and encounter with the love of God that you need this morning to help you fight off the fears that sometimes overwhelm you? And I felt this morning also that there were some here with health issues that were rooted in anxiety and rooted in fear. So many of the health issues that I dealt with were rooted in anxiety. Digestive issues. Headaches, sleep disorders, cardiac issues. And I believe God wants to heal us of those issues today and get to the root of some of the reason why we struggle to maintain peace. Jesus died for me to live in peace. So when the enemy comes or my own sin nature comes to challenge that peace I can challenge it back. I have an answer now, and the answer is no. No. I have access to something higher and bigger. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday sermon. Subscribe to our podcast for new messages weekly. Visit ChristianManuelHHI.org for more resources. We hope you have a blessed week.